to another hour Crowder with me, your host Crowder. Like, share, subscribe, and comment. And if you're already a subscriber, go ahead, ding the bell so that you can get all of my latest podcasts every week. It has been a long week, guys. Sorry about the last podcast. Oh, well, y'all know that I'm always apologizing to y'all. It is what it is. As you can see, I ain't got no hat today. It's the last um, day of Pride. By the time this comes out, it'll be July. The whole year is just going by like it's just crazy fast. It's just going by crazy fast. And no, I do not have a hat on looking crazy, no edge up. It just is what it is today. And if y'all want this little piece of um, knowledge and little piece of entertainment and I'm gonna give y'all y'all gonna have to just deal with the raggedy lineup y'all just gonna have to deal with it but yeah let me go ahead and get into this because um I'm already late on this episode as hell so let me go ahead and get off into this y'all I know that y'all don't really like me over there talking about pretty much nothingness um so last week Dane Calloway and Tariq Nasheed got into a little Twitter beef and Dame Calloway ended up pulling Tyreek Nashi's card and things got a little bit heated. So I'm going to go ahead on and read y'all the tweets. And this was way back in June, um, June the 3rd. So this is what happened. So he said, you're doing too much now. Heard that you're now doing a movie about Bill Cosby. No, let me start from the beginning. You're watching me and copying my content all the time and people know it. But now... Don't think that I'll let you use my research or any of my content for your movie without my permission. You will be held accountable for your actions legally, you fake black activist. You've been watching my content just to copy me and research in order to scam the community into thinking you're legit. I just recently brought up that I'll be re-releasing my Bill Cosby doc shortly during a recent live stream. Then you bring on his PR to your show days later. You're doing too much now. Heard that you're now doing a movie about Bill Cosby. Only after I've researched, written, produced, and published a document about Bill. And what really happened? If I catch you using my content or research, which is all copyrighted, I will sue you. And then he goes on to further address Tyreek and tag him in it. He said, um... Oh, Tyreek. Oh, at Tyreek. No, 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 hold up. Calling me out of my name just because you can not refute the information that I presented with hard evidence from primary sources to possibly debunk it, prove that you're not what you self-proclaimed to be, resulting to insult to insulting me, prove that I am correct and struck your nerve. Oh, at Tyreek Nashi knows that I'm talking directly to him. These boule gatekeepers will not be able to block me from reaching my people nor stop me at all for that matter. The truth is spreading, maybe not as fast as a lie, but it's still spreading regardless of how some may feel. And then they proceeded to have a back and forth together. And this is when this is what Tyreek had to say. Well, I'm not going to read what Tyreek had to say because he's basically just insulting him, the same as he does on his um, IG lives. I mean, not his IG lives, but his Twitter spaces. You know, he just probably brings up people and, you know, just pretty much insults them. Uh, so uh, let's get something straight because I watch both of them. 
if you've ever watched Tyreek for any of the amount of time, then you'll know that you'll know that he's not very knowledgeable at the things that he talk about. And you will get to know that he contradicts himself a lot. And at least one time, everyone that follows Tyreek has thought, this nigga a scam. (laughs) I mean, the museum is still hanging in the balance after gathering $100,000, and he barely even talks about it anymore. The last thing that I heard about it was, well, they're tripping with the whole, um, you know, um, paperwork in the city is tripping and they won't give me a building and blase blase. That's the last thing that I heard about that museum thing. He doesn't even talk about it anymore. Actually, he has a new like fundraiser that he's doing called the maroon something. So yeah, be ready to donate to that <laughs> after not delivering the museum and gathering a hundred thousand dollars. I don't know what's going on with that. Tyreek is a lot of things, but a plagiarizer. I didn't, I didn't really think that he was that. But according to Dan Calloway, he is. So, you know, it just kind of is what it is. I, I don't want to be that person and just take the word of um just one person over the other. But it comes to a point where you do have to pretty much kind of di- kind of figure out, like, who's who and what's what, you know, So now before I get into the shits and giggles of everything, I do have a serious question to ask the conscious community. And the question that I have to ask the conscious community is, if we're at war, like you claim that we're at war, then wouldn't you want to just spread the knowledge? I mean, like really think about it. Wouldn't you just want to spread the knowledge about what's going on in the system? You know, I don't I don't understand what the big deal uh, is about someone regurgitating your work if it's true. I mean, I get the whole thing with, you know, not being shouted out and not being um, notified that you're going to use that information. But at the end of the day, if we're at war and we need to get this knowledge, spread it across the land as quickly as possible. I'm not worrying about who's spreading the knowledge. I'm worrying about are you spreading the knowledge and are you spreading it right? Who cares who gets the clout off of the information? We just need to spread it. It's pretty much like, okay, we in real war, like if we was out on the battlefield, real war, I'm not going to say, oh, hell no, hold up, nigga. You can't have none of my bullets or my water or any of my protective gear. You got to go get your own. No, I really don't care who's taking the bullets and or using the protective gear or um, using anything that I got that's going to progress us in a way to win this war that we're in. And when people fight in the conscious community about, well, that's my information and you stole my information, it really irritates me because it's like, who cares who's spreading the information as long as the information is getting spread. I honestly just kind of started to feel like it's just an ego trip and it's a dick swinging contest. And I'm just really kind of hope that this empire doesn't crumble because that's kind of what happens when, you know, two prominent leaders in the community get into it. Both the, the fans of that one content creator pick their side and then the other content creator fans pick their side. And then instead of y'all just working together, now you just 
split a whole group of people that potentially could have worked together, but because you, the leader of that movement, have decided to beef with the other person, now they're going to pick sides. So, yeah, I don't understand that. You know, and, and another thing, there's really nothing new under the sun, bro, including the information that you came upon. If, if you got it out of a book or a movie or whatever, and then you um, used it as a reference, then isn't that stolen work? Just because you referenced it, don't really not make it stolen. You're just regurgitating. That's all we do is just regurgitate information. Once you put a reference on it, you just give appreciation to that person. But how many of those people, after you regurgitated that information, is going back to go look at that other person that you regurgitated their information to go look at their YouTube or go read their book or go read their papers or their theses about something slim to none. A lot of people aren't going to go do that. They're just going to stick with one person that tells them all the information that they like and want to know. So it's just like, there's nothing new under the sun, bro. So just like you feel like he stole your information, then guess what? The next person that, um, you reference them from a book or whatever, they can also feel like you stole their information. So it's like the only thing that I'm saying is we can get a whole lot more done if we stop fighting on who going to spread the knowledge and just spread the knowledge. Just stop getting into these egotistical Dick swinging contests about who's going to spread the knowledge. I'm so tired of that. I'm so tired of people wanting to be the leader of something, the leader of a movement, the leader of the knowledge, the leader of whatever the fuck anymore. I'm just so tired of that. And it's really getting old because while the leaders of our community sit there and fight, we're getting further and further behind because we're following the leader. And if the leader is at a standstill, fighting with another leader about knowledge, then we're all at a standstill. Now, let's go ahead and get to the shenanigans of this. So Tyreek was confronted on stealing work from Dane Calloway, and if you watch both of them like I did, he definitely was watching them. Tyreek was definitely watching him. A lot of the information Tyreek couldn't even go into depth with because he's so surface level. He doesn't want to do research. He wants to sound good, and it makes sense that he wants to sound good and that he does sound good because he used to be a pimp. So, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense that we – um the people that rush Tyreek, Nasheed, including myself, gravitate towards him because he sounds like he knows what he's talking about, pretty much like a pimp. <laughs> so he was definitely watching him. And we all know that Tyreek isn't that informed on the subject from previous lives. You know, the Twitter um, spaces and the live that he do, he brings people up on stage, he ridicules them, and when people come with him with real information, he doesn't know how to combat it, so then he just starts to insult them. Not saying that, you know, it's not entertaining, but I'm saying that that's a real chink in his armor that every debater pretty much knows. If you go straight to an insult after someone gives you some real knowledge on something, then that means that you have no comeback so that you have to take the focus away from you not knowing as much about the, the, um, the, the subject matter as you should know and deflect into going to insults to the next person. So, but the thing that got me about Tyree 
is that Tyreek and the Dame beef is that one of Tyreek's not she fans pulled up some dirt on Dane Calloway and Dane Calloway is being sued for plagiarizing work as well. Yes. So crazy, right? That's that shit's kind of crazy, bro. Because I'm thinking like Dane, he doing the research, he doing this, but whole time he got a whole lawsuit against him for plagiarizing work. And I was in Clubhouse when this came out and they were discussing it. And apparently it's been some people that's been following Dane Calloway way, 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 way back into the early days of everything. And um, the thing with that is that they said that he's been stealing work. He's He's been, you know, taking little bits and pieces from people that um, do this type of research and passing it off as his own, just as Tyreek is doing with him. So can we say you reap what you sow? I mean, if it's true, I don't know how true it is, but they said that he was stealing work from a woman and I'm trying to figure out, is this the same woman that's in this lawsuit? Because here's the lawsuit right here. Excuse me. So Sias, I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's Sias versus Calloway. So as you can see, that's the case summary. This was filed on January the 21st, 2021. She filed a um, civil rights suit. You know, it's going through court. That's the case number. The filing date is pending, so we don't even know what's going on right now. But, yeah, Dan Calloway is definitely getting sued by a lady. So I'm trying to figure out, is that the same lady that they were talking about in Clubhouse that he was stealing work from? So, if this situation is true, then literally, this situation is the pot calling the kettle black. When the kettle and the pot could have, you know, been used to make a fire ass meal, and and when and by that I mean if they would have worked together, including the young lady that Dame Calloway stole work from then the knowledge could have been spread much faster, much more effective, and it would have just been a really iconic thing to see a, a, a woman that researches um, American black Indian knowledge, Dane Calloway and Tyreek Nasheed. They could have made a power couple, a power trio, if they all would have stuck together and not been so individualistic about things and trying to get clout. And that's if this is true. We don't know because it's still pending in the courts. But, yeah, this is the bl the pot calling the kettle black on this. But, you know, unfortunately, it couldn't be the way that I was saying because everyone wants to be the first at something and not just one of the first. You know, and then this American black Indian story might just crumble, not because it's not true, but because people follow people. And once the leader of a movement in the community gets caught up in some drama, then usually the movement just falls by the wayside. So the only thing that I can see that I want to see moving forward is if you're on the in similar lanes as another person in the community, you know, Tyreek Nashi, he does a lot of black Indian. 
um American stuff. Dane Calloway does a lot of black American Indian stuff. If y'all work, if y'all see that each other is in the same lane, why don't y'all just link up and do the work together instead of fighting back and forth? Now, not to be naive about a situation because we do have a lot of coons and agents and um COINTELPRO people off in these movements. Be have discernment, but if you have discernment, you go to that person, you start working with them, you figure out that they're pretty much a decent person to work with, work with them. It is too many chiefs and not enough Indians, no pun intended, but it is. It's getting to the point where everyone just wants to be first, wants to be first, wants to be first to say some news, wants to be first to do this, first to do that. Sometimes it's okay to hang back and just figure out what it really is that we're trying to get to, you know, as a movement of black people. And I mean that as a blanket statement, because now we have all these different groups of black people that's trying to identify themselves, which is a good thing because you, I mean, white people do it all the time. There's Russians, there's Italians, there's people from Ireland, there's this and that. And though they all um, separate themselves, they're white as a whole, but they all, are very proud of the culture. And I feel like that's a good thing for black people to do as well. You know, everybody's not from Africa. Everybody's not from America. And it's good to figure out what your culture is. I feel like black Americans are the only one that really don't know their culture. So now that we're trying to establish some of that culture, people are, you know, causing a rift in it. But to put a button on this, if you see someone that is in your community, in the black community, that is doing something similar to you, why don't you link up instead of fighting? It doesn't make any sense. We're too small of a demographic to be fighting with each other. It doesn't make sense. In the great words of Louis Farrakhan, we need unity, not unison. Unity is when you might not all agree with each other, but y'all all have a common goal to make the movement of whatever it is that y'all are doing to proceed forward. U unity, I mean, unison is when everybody does the same thing at the same time for the same reason. And we're not a monolithic. We're black people. We're, we, we just don't, um, we're just, like I said, we're just not a monolithic. It's all different type of black people with all different type of ideology and all different type of creed and culture. And some way we have to be able to mesh that together so that we can move forward. Okay. So now that we're off of that subject and we're out of the messiness, let's go into another messiness because I've been in clubhouse for about four months now. Let me get a little bit of my little drink. Cause, um, Ah, oof. Jesus. And just for the record, I'm not vaping. No nicotine in this. No tobacco in this. And this is all 100% just oxygen. It's just 100% oxygen. Flavored oxygen is watermelon and mint. So for the people like, oh, she went back on her word. She vaping again. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's just, it's, it's no nicotine in here. No tobacco in here. So I'm still six months free tobacco, six months free nicotine. But, hey, yo, we all got to have our vice, man. This whole cost me like 35 bucks, too. Uh, but, you know, we all got to have a vice. But let's go ahead and get into the clubhouse situation because 
it's a lot of stuff that's going on on Clubhouse that I have, like, not a problem with, but it just kind of raises my antennas, man. So I have to ask this because I've been wondering this since the day that I logged onto the app. Because we all know that anything new is not used for, like, our advancement. It's actually used for our demise and their advancement. Who are they? Whoever you want to know who they are. I choose to call them the the elites, the boule, the um alien race, whatever you want to call them. I don't know. The people that's making all the rules behind the scenes, those they, you know. So now, you know, I, I they make things for our demise. They make things for their advancement. So I'm already looking at this app kind of sideways. So I started sitting back and observing. I was in a couple of rooms and I was like a moderator for maybe two rooms out of the whole time I've been on Clubhouse. And um, very quickly, I learned that I didn't want to be a moderator and that I was much more um, effective being an observer of the conversation. I gathered a lot more information, a lot more intel, a lot more understanding of how people think and why they think the way that they do. And I like that position. So that's what I've been doing. I've been being observant instead and just, just letting people talk and just listen. Now, granted I joined late because this app, I think was like 2000, like two years ago, this app came about. I just joined at the later part of last year. So I joined pretty late, but I'm glad that I did because, you know, I, I have an addictive personality and I will indulge in into, you know, things and not be able to get myself out. But I'm more glad because I noticed how contradictorial, biased, and just plain old mean some people on this app can be low-key. Like, it's so crazy. And sometimes I just have to literally just leave quietly out of a room because I just can't take like the bullying of like people on stage not me because I'm in what they call the goo but when I see other people talking and trying to debate a point that's not popular in the room a lot of people will just gang up on them and just you know pretty much make it seem like you know they're the bad guy and then to add insert to injury they'll just kick them down to the goo which is basically the audience where you can't say anything because you're not on stage so, you know, um, this app has done a lot. I've noticed a lot of situations on this app. And um, on this app, I've noticed that situations are understood if you're a mod and some situations are ridiculed if you're new on stage. I've seen mods act like the police and people cower down on a belief that they have. And I've seen people totally just disrespect people by talking over them, belittling them, and ignoring them, regardless of the good point that they had. This app is a mess, low-key, <laughs> and I keep coming back to it. And these are the reasons that I think that Clubhouse is not only a tool to collect data from real humans, but to also introduce us to the metaverse. Let me explain this into three parts to make y'all see where I'm coming from, because I got some points here, man. I got some points here. So let's go with the first one, the mods. So the moderators are people that are selected by um, the host of the room. They are there to keep the room drama free, you know, the conversation blo flowing, blase, blase, whatever. But 
that has been far from what they've been doing. I've seen mods use their power to kick newcomers, debaters of the popular opinion of the room. I've seen moderators cater to the regulars on stage and seen all of the Patreon made, um, mods gang up on other people. And the crazy thing is all of this will be happening and the host of the room will just be watching. I've seen mods get away with not providing reference with the point that they made. And then a newcomer comes in and does it and they get burnt at the stake, you know, getting bombarded with questions, getting bombarded with the fact that where's your reference? What you doing? Like I go into, I'm not going to name any of the rooms that I go into, but it, it is, it is a couple of good rooms that I like to go into. I just feel like they're bi biased. Uh, just one incident. I just want to say with the whole difference of how a mod can act on stage versus someone that, is not a moderator. So a moderator can literally talk for five to 10 to sometimes even 20 whole minutes and no one will cut them off. No one will say anything about it. But the moment that a newcomer does it, it's over for you. Everybody in the chat start lighting it up, talking about, oh, they need to shut up. They need to stop talking. And even the moderators will cut them off at like three seconds. And it's just kind of crazy. that It's just like, it's like, the 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 freedom that a person with a moderator badge can get versus um the people without one can get it's really crazy and low key the moderators kinda feel like the police the moderators kind in clubhouse is the police of the metaverse they're the police of the metaverse. They're there to make sure that while you're here in this universe, this dimension of the universe that we're in right now, you will follow the rules of the universe. And anything that you say that's not in alliance with the universe that you're on right now, because I'm thinking of it when I say universes, I'm thinking of it in each room is a different realm, a different universe. You know, like um, one of the rooms that I go in, um, that could be Mars, another room that I could go in, that could be Venus, another room that I go in, that's Jupiter. So we're all in different universes in this, or planets in this universe of the metaverse. And if what you're saying doesn't align with what I'm talking about in this planet, on this in this universe, we're going to kick you out of the universe. That's what I've seen so far from moderators on the stage, off the stage, wherever. The second point, the mods and the and the host occupation. Now, this one is one that I noticed a little later as I was on the app. Most of the mods have a profession that is in proximity of people in the industry or is directly in the industry, meaning that they're a rapper themselves or they're in the politics or they're in social media or whatever. You know, they're just in proximity of what's going on in the industry, meaning the media industry, the entertainment industry, any one of those industries. So my whole question is that, yeah, it, is that if we don't trust celebrities, because we're always saying that we don't trust celebrities, we don't trust celebrities, they sold us out, they're selling us out, they're here to distract us. Why is it that we trust these celebrities here on Clubhouse? Because don't get it twisted. They're definitely celebrities, bro. These Some of these people off in these Clubhouse rooms only been on there for a year and already have like 20,000 followers. That's crazy. 20,000 followers 
followers and you've only been on the app for a year or two. This app is only two years old and you already have 20,000 subscribers, bro. That's crazy to me. So, and being a celebrity really isn't a big deal. You know, it, it's not a big deal. But if we don't trust the celebrities that's off the media, why are we trusting these? You know, they're, they're all in the same room with these people and in these, in, in, at these functions. So why is it that we follow and believe them and not give them the same treatment that we do celebrities? That we know is paid to keep us distracted and that we know sold us out of it, um, in, inevitably. Isn't Clubhouse almost like the new social media? Isn't social media a distraction? Isn't Clubhouse social media? So it's like, okay, if we know that Clubhouse is social media, if we know that social media is there to distract them, if we know that the celebrities that are on social media pushes agenda to distract us, why are we not giving the same treatment over to the top, um, we're going to call them what they are, the top celebrities of Clubhouse? Why are we not giving them that treatment? Why are we not saying that that person's a sellout and that person's a sellout and that person's a sellout? Why are we getting away from the fact that these people essentially, according to the definition, are celebrities? They're just like the celebrities in the boxing field. They're just like this. I mean, in the sports field. They're just like the celebrities in the music industry. They're just like the celebrities in the acting industry. And hell, I wouldn't even put it past if some of these people behind these PTRs were actors. And 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 just to add to this point and and you know put a button on it because I don't want to stay here. Some of these people be on the app all day. And I'm not talking about just, you know, three or four hours talking about five to ten hours that's what my shift is at work my shift at work is anywhere from 10 to 12 hours long and I will see a person in the room that I started in and I will still see them on the app when I'm about to get ready to get off work so my thing is how is these people on this app all day, the people that are on the app all day, how are you there all day? Do you not have a job? Do you not have kids? Do you not have a wife? Do you not have anything going for yourself that you can spare a couple of minutes away from the app? Because you're on this motherfucker all day. I don't know anyone that's on social media all day. And I mean, all day. We can tell when they left. Because their PTR won't be there anymore. But these people are in this app all day. So my thing is, how are you getting this time to be on this app all day? Could it be that you're getting paid to be on this app all day? Are you a paid actor or a paid audio voice? Or are you a robot? Just some questions to ask yourself. I'm just saying, I I mean, I'm just saying, from the time that I wake up to the time that I'm about to go to sleep is how long some of these people is on this app. My question is, where is all this free time coming from for you to just be on the app all day and all night? 
Just something to ask your, yourself. But in a nutshell, Clubhouse is just the new form of data collecting. They're trying to figure out how does the human interact with the human. As far as dealing with rejection from a crowd of people, dealing with difference in opinion, and just observing the human experience of having a flowing conversation. Because robots can only interact how it's programmed to act. And they learn from us, us. AI is not smart. Smartphones are not smart. They're smart because you gave them the knowledge of you. They didn't know that you went to Starbucks every day at five o'clock until you let them know that you went to Starbucks every day at five o'clock. And how did you let them know? By going to Starbucks every day at five o'clock with your phone. That's how you let AI know where you're at at all times. You didn't know anything about, you know, whatever the fuck you're looking up. AI is not smart, bro. AI is a program that you program with your knowledge. So it's just you handing the responsibility to remember things, to guide you in life, and to feed you information over to AI. That's all AI is. AI is not smart, bruh. We're the smart ones, and we're just giving our smarts over to them. And now I feel like that's what Clubhouse is. It's just the audio version of it. See, all these social media apps was just the beginning of AI. Now AI has advanced. It has to know how to interact with other humans in a flowing conversation. And they learn from us. So if I'm a programmer for AI, I would observe how humans interact in real time in a conversation. And how do I do that? Social media. But not only, you know, social media, audio as well. One that doesn't have any faces. So you can't see the glitches in the system. What would be that type of social media called? That type of social media would be called Clubhouse. Now that I'm on the topic of new social media, let's just say that what Clubhouse really is, let's just go ahead and get it out the way and say what Clubhouse really is, ladies and gentlemen. Clubhouse is the new metaverse, bro. And let's just break this down even further. You're having serious conversations online and you don't see if they're real or not. Now, you might ask, what is so different about that? We do that all the time on social media. Yes, but most of the people that are on your social media, you already know. Most of the people you know throughout the years just migrate from app to app following you. But this is different. This is people that you ain't never even met in your whole fucking life. And you're having serious conversations with them and giving them information and telling stories and sharing stories and all of this intricate, detailed things about yourself. Because you tend, as humans, you as humans, we tend to give more of our information when we feel there's no link to connect it back to us. That's why you can get people that talk crazy as hell online because you can't physically see me in my face. You can't physically see me. You're just basically talking to the words that I type on the computer. 
So I'm going to talk crazy. And a lot of people on Clubhouse do that. They either talk crazy, they get way too much um, detailed information about themselves, or they're just super open like a book. Not understanding that, yeah, just because this is audio or in other cases of other social medias, just because these are just words don't mean that I can't gather um, information from just this paragraph that you text. Or I can't just gather information from just this um, audio that you just said in Clubhouse. Most of the time when we're online, you know, we're trolling, we're talking to family, or we're talking to my friend, or we're talking to friends. But I see these people on this app befriending people that are like 300 to 500 miles away and not only befriend them, but protect them in these spaces and call them their day ones. So how did all of this equate to Clubhouse as the metaverse? Well, a lot of the attributes of Clubhouse is key components that will be used to make humans relate to the metaverse. Like talking to people that you can't physically see, but you can hear. After so long of hearing a human voice of any kind, as long as that voice don't come with anything negative, the human mind will start to seek comfort with that voice and will eventually befriend the voice without seeing a face. Um, it's kind of like when a baby is in the womb of the mother and um, once they get out, they're super attached to their mom, but that's because they've been hearing the voice this whole time in the womb. And yeah, that's the same thing that's going on with Clubhouse. We're, we're, the, we're in the womb of Clubhouse hearing the voices of the mothers and the host of these rooms, these different verses that we're in. You know, they can, they can hear the voice of the mother, and after a while, they start to associate that voice with food, water, and peace, just like on Clubhouse. Sometimes I hear the voice of someone talk, and I just know that's the person that I don't like. I hear their voice. I know what they were talking about the other day. I'm not interested in what they're talking about today, even though there's no face. I'm just not interested in what they have to say because I've heard them talk about what they're talking about in other rooms and I'm not interested versus someone that I resonate with what they say most of the time. So I'm all ears for it. I myself even do this, you know, so they're getting us used to not having a face to talk to and just a picture or just uh, um, once the technology gets more advanced, it'll be something more similar to metaverse where it's um, not a hologram, but it's like kind of like a computer gamey type of, you know, um, prototype of us. You know, you go build your sim character in the metaverse and then you kind of get used to talking to that instead of like a real person. Now I can um, attest to this um, with the whole like matching a face with a, a, uh, not not matching a face with a voice, but matching a voice with a picture because there's no faces in there because this is all just audio. It's all audio. So I can attest to this. I do this as well. I'm not some unicorn that's not getting caught up in the hype. No, I know the, I know the moderators on stage. I know the host of the room. I know who's talking in these spaces now because I've, program my brain to associate that voice with this picture that's on their PTR. After a while, you just don't even have to look up at the pictures anymore. 
You know, the meta- the metaverse is going to um, use the same concept because think about it. You're, you're never going to meet these people in, in real life, just like Clubhouse. Um, you're going to have to rely on their voices, just like Clubhouse. And you are on the internet befriending people just like Clubhouse. Ladies and gentlemen, they are desensitizing us um, to seeing humans in real life and having a human interaction. Social media is the synthetic version of a human interaction. They have synthesized the food, the water, the people, and now interaction with people. So... It's just interesting to see where this is all going to go. Now, let me go ahead and get into the third conversation of the day because um, I'm almost out of time. The Roe versus Wade recap. Recently, Roe versus Wade got overturned indefinitely, and it's a couple of things that I got to say about it, but I'm not going to go too much in depth because I've already actually have done an episode of this subject matter already. So you can go to episode 79, and it's called It's Deeper Than Roe versus Wade. But if you're too lazy to go and check that episode out, here's a summary. Roe versus Wade will affect other laws like um, Browser versus Hardwick, which is not so much about two gay men, but two people that wanted privacy inside of their home. Every American should be concerned about this law, whether they're gay or not, because this is really about the government controlling what you do inside your home. And even if you're, and even if you don't believe in the Jingo effect that's going to occur because Roe versus Wade was overturned, then let's just focus on just Roe versus Wade for a minute. If we overturn this law, then what others are going to be overturned? What is stopping them from taking away rights, um, women rights to vote or to get a bank account for themselves or just to say no to sex? Y'all do know that rape was a thing even when you're married, then is yeah. absolutely nothing. That's the answer to all of the questions that I just answered is absolutely nothing. It's nothing standing in the way since Roe versus Wade was overturned. There's nothing standing in the way of taking away women's rights altogether. <clears throat> I see a lot of people isn't concerned about this law because it doesn't directly affect them. Um, but it will in the long run because if you can overturn one policy, you can overturn the others as well. You just need the right people in Congress to do so. And for the people that are gloating and don't care that this policy got overturned, I have one thing to say to you guys. Just one thing, just one. What is going to happen when the right that you like to exercise gets overturned? What happens when the overturning of Roe versus Wade affects your loved ones in some type of way? Because we forget that it's not just us that we have to look out for. It's others that we love and care for as well. So my question is, what are the people that are extreme pro-lifers going to say when their loved one gets caught in a line fire? What are they going to say? Because we all know that life itself isn't just a black or white thing. It comes in so many different colors of gray, different scenarios, different living situations that we have to put into account when policies like Roe versus Wade are overturned. And I wasn't even going to put this off in my notes, but now that I'm here, now that I'm here at it, 
I want to ask the pro-lifers something, the extreme pro-lifers something. What happens when your 13-year-old gets raped? What happens when your 13-year-old gets raped walking home from school in your nice community? Do you really want her to waste her life taking care of a baby that was a product of rape? And before you say something, hey, yo, I know as a pro-lifer myself, I know that this is probably going to be deemed as the smaller percentage of the situation. But I can tell you from experience when you're in that small, when you're in that situation, it doesn't seem like you're the smaller percentage. It seems like you're the biggest percentage. No lie. You know, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Now, when my sister passed away, I felt like I was the only one in the world that felt it. Even though I was the only one in the world that felt it, I felt like everyone in the world should have felt it. And my thing is, just because you are the smaller percentage of a situation doesn't mean that you shouldn't be thought about. Being a doctor, a heart surgeon, you know, of all the doctors is a small percentage of the world. But I know we care about what they say. And if that person can get the grace to be thought about, even as the small percentage, why can't this other group be thought of as the small percentage? But I know that we care about, you know, what the doctors say, but why don't we care about the small percentage in the middle class or the um, lower class or even the higher class? It doesn't matter. Just because you're the lower percentage of a class doesn't mean that you shouldn't be thought about. And another point that I want to bring into the equation is since, since we're here at the different scenario situation, did you know that the procedure for an abortion is also used on people that want to keep their baby but just had complications? Like up to pick pregnancy, miscarriage that won't release from the body, and specific urine, uterus? You know, what, what, do you want them to choose between dying or their baby dying? Leaving the um, baby motherless? You know, because we all know how y'all feel about single-parent households, you know? How many of y'all are going to go help that father when the baby isn't, when the mother isn't around anymore because she died on the operation table because she needed three of those procedures that you're talking about? I'm going to be straight up. Not me. I don't want to help. I don't want kids right now. I don't see myself um, helping anyone that had kids because of a procedure that they had to do. I'm sure there's programs and things of that sort, but there's nothing that is going to bring back that mother. At some point, I was, and, and, and I'm just going to say this, because I kind of like, drew back, but I'm going to be completely transparent. At some point I, w I was for, you know, them still banning abortion because it was still at the 90 day mark and I, and still validated certain stipulations such as the one that I just named previously. And that's fair. But once the feds said no to everything, then that's when I hopped off the bandwagon, bro. That's when I hopped off that shit because I was like, bro, you're taking away women's rights without even giving them an option in the back channel, man. And that's messed up. I didn't know that things like 
birth control and abortions were necessary at some point in some women's lives. If you, you don't get an abortion for some of those things that I named previously, you die. The end. That's it. And again, I consider myself a pro-lifer. But you can't be pro-life if you limit your choice of who you want to live and who you don't. Overall, this is just the government overstepping their boundaries and trying to trick Christian-based Republicans to overturn a policy that might jeopardize their own law. People really don't understand that this is this was really low-key one of the biggest L's that Americans could have taken because the only thing that I can think of is what other policies will be overturned. And when you look at all the things that's happened this week, all of them have something to do with chipping away at the Constitution in some type of way. Now, add in the information about Joe Biden giving away our health sovereignty to the HWO and then them overturning Roe versus Wade, which is essentially not about abortion, is really about the right to do what you want with your body, what comes for you to have the control to come to, for you to have the control to have something come in or out of your body. You combine those two things, things start getting a little bit spooky, bro. They get a little bit spooky. And like I said, I'm not going to spend all the time on this because I've already said my piece about the situation. In a nutshell, this is the government pitting us against each other with the pro-life, pro-choice stuff. This is the government chipping away at our rights and overstepping their boundaries. And this, this is that's all that it is which for some reason people don't understand because I see a lot of people saying that this is okay because it just leaves the decision to the state. But if you're red state, then you are almost guaranteed to be a state that's going to ban abortion because most red states are Christian states and most Christians don't believe in abortions. So it can be a good or bad thing depending on where you stand in the situation. Anyways, this is an hour crowder. Follow me on all social media um, outlets. The blue, um, I mean, I said the blue beacon. That's how you know I've been driving trucks way too long. But the beacon link will be in my description. You guys click that. Follow all of my social media. Um, follow all of my streaming platforms. And listen to this episode and share, like, and subscribe. I'm out, you guys.